You are listening to Electric Bike Radio. Welcome to Episode 7 of Electric Bike Radio. I'm Jared, and this is Dwayne. Hey, Jared. You know, so much of what we talk about on the podcast is inspired by our real lives. And recently, I was riding home from, ironically, my Pedago dealer, and I got <laughs> caught in a true Florida thunderstorm. I mean, it was, it was a gully washer. And as I was gritting my teeth riding through the rain, I thought to myself, hey, this could be a show. <laughs> Uh, and, and indeed, you did text me during that uh, while you found refuge underneath an awning somewhere, and texted that. So, uh, so yeah, I'm glad you're willing to share your experiences, and and we'll talk about it from here on out. By the way, gully washer. Yeah, you know it's a, a really bad rainstorm. Lots of water. That's a new one to me. <laughs> you know, we all get stuck in the rain from time to time, and it depends where you live in the country. But in Florida. You know, a day in the summer without rain is is unusual. So we all get caught in the rain now. Jared, I don't think we, you and I can't talk a whole lot about getting caught in the snow, ice, cold, that sort of thing. But we can certainly talk about rain. I haven't ridden an e-bike in cold, snow, or ice. I've I've done some mountain biking in it back in the day, but but this is electric bike radio. So we're going to skip those for today. Of course, the best thing to do is just avoid riding in the rain, and this is a lot easier than it used to be. There's so many great apps out there. Uh, Dark Sky is one of them that we use on iPhones. Uh, Jared, you could probably say what you use on Android phones, but really the the micro-prediction of rain has gotten so much better that we can do a pretty good job of avoiding rain if we pay attention. I like Radar Now on Android. I don't know if it's a great predictor, but it is a very granular radar picture of what's going on right now and that's all it is uh it just shows you what the radar looks like right now um so it's very handy for picking up those little spotty thunderstorms that are coming through and deciding whether you really want to go out or not you know and i guess we can talk about why do we avoid rain and i I guess of course one reason is not to get wet right it can be uncomfortable uh (laughs) to ride in the rain no matter what the weather is but the big reason is it's just dangerous so riding on roads, obviously roads get slippery, uh, especially if it hasn't rained in a while. Uh, anybody who's driven in Florida knows that, that you've had a week of, of hot, searing sun, all that grease and oil builds up on the roads. And then that first rainstorm, people are sliding all over the place. So uh, same applies to bikes. There's risk of falling, not being able to stop. You know, there's poor visibility. Uh, you're getting hit in the face with rain, and it's just difficult to see. Drivers are going to have a hard time seeing you. Uh, same reasons. And then the drivers are distracted during the rain. They're concentrating on their own stuff. They're not necessarily looking for bikers. Thunderstorms and and rainstorms tend to bring wind. Wind can be difficult on a bike, uh, especially gusty wind in Florida. And of course, uh, lightning, you know, (laughs) you don't want to be riding an aluminum, uh, aluminum frame full of conductive electricity during a, during a lightning storm. Yeah, we know it doesn't happen a lot. That's why the the phrase "struck by lightning," <laughs> you know, is uh, means that something doesn't happen very often. But still, it's a possibility. And when the when the lightning is striking around you, it seems a lot more possible <laughs> than it probably is. So, uh, so definitely, riding in the rain can be dangerous and, and something to avoid. But that doesn't necessarily mean you should panic if you're caught in a rainstorm or if you're an electric bike commuter uh, and you rely on your bike. Uh, a lot of bikes. 
you can ride to an extent in the rain. You want to avoid it when you can, but don't panic. You can ride most e-bikes in the rain. Yeah, this is a question that comes up a lot. You know, people say, can you ride an e-bike in the rain? Because it's a it's an understandable concern. Water and electricity don't mix very well. But, you know, the truth is bike manufacturers know that you can get caught in the rain, uh, that you can be stuck in a situation where the bike's going to get wet. And for the most part, e-bikes are built to be water-resistant. And, you know, that can vary depending on the manufacturer of the bike. And it might be a good question to ask the manufacturer of your bike. A lot of times bikes have water-resistance ratings, uh, and they can give you some idea of just how water-resistant they are. But, you know, it doesn't have to be waterproof. It just has to be something that can survive you know, getting splashed in a rainstorm. And we can't emphasize enough that while generally you can ride most e-bikes in the rain, that it really does depend on your manufacturer, as Dwayne said. There are so many e-bikes out there, nothing we say can be a universal statement. So check with your manufacturer and make sure that it's at least weather-resistant to a point. Um, so it can handle a rain or a splash or something like that, and you won't have to worry about it being destroyed just by being hit by a little water. A lot of manufacturers will tell you in their specs what their IP rating is, which is an ingress protection code. And you can read about these. It's actually kind of interesting. They measure protection against water and dust and other things, but uh, different values can be assigned. And if you can find an IP rating for water on a bike, something that's at least a four is generally good. That indicates splash resistance. And you might be most familiar with IP ratings where you're looking at cell phones. So as more cell phones have become water resistant or you can bring them into water, you might have heard IP68 or 57 before. Those are the same kind of things. One of the numbers is for dust, the other for water. So when we're talking about an IP of four, that's for water ingress. And that can handle splashes like like rain. You can't drive it through a lake or a pond, but if it gets hit by a little rain, it's not going to hurt it. Now, we'll tell you that you will find out <laughs> if you have any issues with the water protection on your bike, you're likely to find out in the rain. <laughs> it, is, it is a test under fire, and, and if you have you know connections that are not dry or ways for water to get into the circuitry of your bike, um, you may find out about it. A lot of people out there who do ride in rain often uh, recommend... Um, using a Ziploc bag or keeping a Ziploc bag on you that you can just wrap around the display. That seems to be the one thing that you can easily protect, but that also is probably the most susceptible to being impacted by the rain. So if you think you're going to be hit by the rain, maybe stuff an extra Ziploc bag into your into your pouch that day. Another rain accessory that people talk about is fenders. And I will tell you, having ridden in heavy rain, fenders don't make that much of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> fenders are great for riding around after the rain, but uh, you have enough water. You know, fenders will help, but uh, if, if you're in the kind of rainstorm where you're just getting soaked to the bone, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> now, the one good thing about fenders, and, and why I'll probably never own another bike without fenders again, is if you've ever been a roadie, uh, and been stuck in the rain, you'll know about the the dreaded brown stripe that goes all the way from your derriere up through your helmet that you get from all the mud kicking off the road up your back. Um, and that's just miserable. So I will always advocate for fenders, especially on something where I'm going to commute on it. Yeah, for commuters, a must, right? <laughs> if you're going to be expecting to go into work <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, after that. 
uh, yeah, the, the mud splashing and that sort of thing is, is not good. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what kind of equipment um, you can have to sort of prepare for the rain. And I guess the most obvious is a raincoat or rain shell of some type. Um, usually a jacket uh, is better than a poncho. Obviously, you know, when you're driving down the road, uh, ponchos get, tend to fill with air and are, aren't great for that. Um, even hoods uh, on raincoats and ponchos aren't necessarily great, although you can fix that somewhat by putting it under your helmet. But some type of rain shell is is nice to have, even if it's a situation where you don't necessarily care if you're going to get wet or you don't have to look presentable when you get there. It can still just make <laughs> it a heck of a lot more comfortable when you're riding. And this is where those fenders come in again, because if you have fenders, at least you're only having to protect from rain coming down and forward at you. If you ha- if you don't have fenders, you're having to worry about mud and things coming up from the back. A raincoat or a shell often isn't going to help you in the most sensitive of areas that you want to protect if you don't have fenders on. So that's another thought. Another thing that can be nice to have, and honestly, most people don't tend to carry, but is some sort of eye protection. And a lot of us wear sunglasses, but sunglasses aren't necessarily the best thing once visibility is low, once it's dark, when it's really raining. So if you know you're going to be riding in the rain, some type of eye protection that is a little bit lighter than your typical sunglasses uh, would be nice because, you know, it does get hard to see when water is blowing straight into your eyes. And it's still not great even with glasses or a visor because you have water accumulating there too, but at least you're not, you know, squinting into the rain if you have some sort of protection. Right. And for those of us who who wear prescriptions, I'll, t- I'll tell you as somebody who's done both contacts and regular glasses, neither one is ideal in the rain. Um, if you're wearing contacts for me, uh, another pair of glasses over that, whether they're clear or sunglasses, is a must because... It seems like every time a drop will hit you right in the eye and knock your contact loose and then you're down one contact or you're having to fix it or try to adjust it, which is horrible. Either way, if you're somebody who needs to wear glasses, one thing I always pack with me is a little eyeglass cloth. And I always have that in a dry spot on my bike so I can wipe the glasses down and be able to see again every once in a while. Of course, rain's always going to accumulate, but at least then you can take down any fog or things that start building up in your glasses when it starts you know, when the rain starts lightening up, but you're still hot and there's all that humidity and it starts fogging up your glasses, a little cloth is always good to have. I also like to carry a rain cover for my trunk bag or my saddle bags. And a lot of times when you buy bags, they will come with a rain cover. It's just, you know, a waterproof, usually some sort of nylon or elastic cover that goes over your bags. Because no matter how water-resistant your nylon bags look. (laughs) Once you get into a driving rain and they're subjected to a whole lot of water, uh, they tend to get wet. And water leaks through the zipper seams and that sort of thing. So when it looks like it's going to start to rain, it's a good idea to stop for a moment, take out that rain cover, cover up your bags so that the stuff's still dry when you get where you're going. I have a small bag that fits over my main tube right in front of uh, me, right under the handlebars. And mine came with, like Dwayne said, mine came with like this neon yellow rain cover that I'll throw over if if it's going to rain. My saddlebags, on the other hand, I specifically looked for one, ones that didn't have zippers on them. They are more of a fold-over pouch. 
Um, they're a heavy nylon that's designed to get wet to an extent. And then the top really just folds all the way over. So it creates the seam where water could get in is about six inches lower than the actual top of the bag. So it's unlikely unless you're in a major deluge, which can happen in Florida, but that water is going to really crawl up that seam and get into your stuff. So think about that when you're purchasing your bags too. Sometimes zippers, they're not the best solution. Sometimes the old school style kind of World War II pouch where you're wrapping things up and then folding it over. Work a little bit better just because of gravity. And the last piece of equipment I can think of, or the last one that's on my list, Jared, is a, a headlight and a taillight. Now, a lot of e bikes have these lights built in, uh, so you sort of always have them with you. But uh, it's a good idea, even when you're not necessarily planning on riding at night, if there's a chance you're going to be caught in the rain, it's always a good idea to have a headlight and taillight for visibility. Definitely. And packing an extra one or two isn't always the worst thing in the world either. So if despite our best planning, we get caught in the rain, let's talk a little bit about some riding techniques. And some of this will overlap with with what we've already said, but just sort of we're going to tick off some of our advice for riding in the rain. And I think we start with, you know, if you are in an unsafe situation, particularly if there's lightning, heavy winds, you know, or the rain is just coming down too hard, uh, stop. Stop somewhere and wait it out, uh, preferably not under a tree, <laughs> maybe <laughs> if you're in a lightning storm, but certainly under any sort of overhang or somewhere where you can get you and hopefully your bike out of the rain. Uh, discretion's a better part of valor, and sometimes waiting out a thunderstorm is the best bet. Every year in Florida, especially, there are stories about people getting hit by lightning that's 5 to 10 miles away, or at least they thought it was 5 to 10 miles away. So it's better just to be safe and, and take that take that brief break. And, of course, it goes without saying you have to ride a little bit slower uh, because of the slippery conditions, because of the visibility issues. It's just a good time to slow down, uh, ride a little less aggressively. It can be tempting to ride fast because you're trying to get home, but you <laughs> need to you know deliberately slow down, take it easy on the corners, take it easy on the stops, uh, and just... Be safe with your riding technique. And I completely agree with Dwayne, especially on the corner issue. You can't lean into corners aggressively in the rain. That's when your bike will slide up from under you. And if that's on a corner in traffic, you might get stuck in a very bad position. So taking it slower is always better. Now, next on our list is also riding lights even in the daytime. And on my red wagon, honestly, I ride with lights on all the time. I never turn them off. They automatically turn on. There is an option for me to turn them off. I don't turn them off. I don't see any harm in leaving them on. They don't use any electricity, really. Um, they don't reduce my range or anything to any significant extent. But especially so in rain, just leave them on, just like you would in a car. In addition to just riding slowly and more deliberately, you have to pay extra attention to make sure that you're being seen by drivers on the road. And this is always a good safety tip, right? We always have to be aware of drivers uh, making sure that they see you. But it's really important in the rain. Drivers are distracted. They can't see as well either. Uh, they can do unpredictable things. And, and they so, can't stop as fast. That's right. And it's the same thing. I always say expect the unexpected in the rain, whether it's from drivers whether it's pedestrians who are running, you know, to get to their car, they're running across the street, they don't want to get wet. Even other cyclists 
who are not paying attention the way they normally would. Uh, everybody can be distracted in the rain, so it's your job to make sure that you're anticipating that and watching out, you know, driving defensively to watch out for your own safety. You know, and this is something you don't always think about, but avoid puddles because you never know what's in a puddle. Uh, it could actually be hiding a pretty deep pothole and you just aren't aware of it. Um, so just avoid them entirely because you don't want to smack your rim into something that's much harder than what you expect. You could lose control or you could damage your bike or both. And certainly, like we alluded to before, if your bike starts sparking or shorting or acting oddly, uh, it's a good time to just shut it down before it does any more damage. Uh, if there's any indication that the bike's suffering from being wet, just, just turn it off. Yeah, turn it off, and if you can, safely pull the battery and just get all electrical activity out of the system so there's no risk of any further damage. One of the questions we see the most is, what do you do with your bike after it's gotten wet on a ride? What do you do when you get home? Well, first thing, pull the battery. Second thing, if your bike is muddy, like actually dirty, sandy, whatever, rinse it off with some clean water. Uh, it's better to get that mud and dirt and sand off right away. And a low-pressure stream of water is not going to hurt anything. Uh, third, after that, you want to give your bike a basic dry. Um, towels, the traditional, easy, always a great compliment. But one of my favorite tricks is I have a little battery-powered leaf blower, and I use it for everything around the house. I love my battery-powered leaf blower. It's a fun toy. <laughs> but it's also fantastic for blowing off the majority of the water off your bike. Um, one note, although compressed air might sound like a good idea, Avoid the air compressor. You don't want to force any of that water into any bearings or bushings or anything. That's just like using a pressure washer. Um, it's considered a no-no for a bike. So the leaf blower, lots of volume of air, and it gets water off fast. Uh, and then you can use the towel to touch up or just use a bunch of towels. Yeah, and then once the bike is clean and dry, consider applying some lubrication to your chain uh, and to your drivetrain. Uh, what you use to lubricate could be a whole other show, I guess, Jared. But any type of good, you know, cleaner protectant lubricant that also displaces water, you know, just to get a coating of protection back onto the chain and the cassettes and the, you know, the whole drivetrain of the bike so that if there is any water or moisture in there, it'll be protected from any kind of rust. Right. And, and like Dwayne said, that, that could be a whole show. There are different types of lubrication for if you plan on riding in the rain often or if this is just a one-off and you're usually in dry conditions. But after you've blown the water off or it's mostly dry, putting a light coat of oil on your chain is a, a great idea of whatever type of oil you're using. Um, also, it, there, are, um, there are lubricants that are designed to have a drop you put a drop down any of the ends of the cables, both the where a cable would enter a tube and exit a tube. Putting a drop on both of those places is good, too. It just avoids the corrosion, keeps everything lubricated, and makes sure that any water in there is kind of forced out. So certainly if you ride enough, you will get caught in the rain. And as long as you're prepared with the gear and some of the techniques we discussed, uh, you'll be fine. I would never let a threat of rain keep me from going on a good bike ride. But it just helps to, you know, understand what's involved and how you can deal with those conditions in the rain and how you deal with your bike afterwards. And in Florida, if we kept, uh, if we kept inside for any threat of rain, we wouldn't get to see the road any time during the summer. So it's going to happen at some point. <laughs> 
Well, I think that's a wrap on Riding in the Rain. So hope you enjoyed it. Please follow or subscribe to our show so you don't miss the next episode. And you can subscribe on your podcast player of choice. We're on pretty much everything out there. So look us up and use whatever works for you. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter or email us at ebikeradio at gmail.com. Our contact information and links to a few interesting articles and things we mentioned, we always put in the show notes that are viewable on your podcast player or on our website where they're actually clickable links. And that's at www.ebikeradio.com. And as always, thanks for listening and stay tuned to Electric Bike Radio.